Welcome back to The Ron Show. We are on the back half now for Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022. I'm your host, Ron Roberts, on the America One Radio app and at americaoneradio.com. Lots of folks on the road today. I saw that 75 southbound was essentially a parking lot on my way back from McDonough earlier this morning. And I have to imagine that uh, my friend, professor of sociology from Coker University, Mal Hyman, is dealing with some of that Thanksgiving traffic as well. Mal, thanks for joining me. I appreciate you doing that, my friend. Good to join you. So uh, where are you headed, actually, uh, for your Thanksgiving endeavors? I'm headed toward Charleston. I'm about so 60 miles away. Oh, okay. So you're going to go see uh, your, your daughter and son-in-law and grandchildren, right? Right. Awesome. Sounds great. Does that mean you don't have to cook? Pardon? Does that mean you don't have to cook? You have nothing to cook? Yep. Oh, that's All the good. best. <laughs> that's the best. I have two stops tomorrow myself at 3 o'clock and 7, and I'm bringing Cheddar Bay biscuits, and that's it, uh, and, and an empty stomach. <laughs> anyway. That makes it easy. I'm, I'm just bringing a pumpkin pie. Oh, okay. Good stuff. So, uh, Professor Hyman joins us. He is the author of the book entitled Burying the Lead, the Media, and the JFK Assassination. Yesterday, the, if my math is correct, 59th anniversary of the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. Do I have that right? 59 years? That's it. And uh-huh. scanty coverage on the news. Right. Not much about it, even though we're still missing twenty to 30,000 pages of documents. And if I remember correctly, I thought in this, you know, not, not political fodder, but I thought that uh, Donald Trump, when president, was going to release a ton of that. Was he not promising to do some of that? He released a few of the documents. Biden has released a few. Uh, but that said, even though they were mandated by the Assassination Records and Review Board mm-hmm. to declassify all of it by 2017, now, a lot has been destroyed, uh, and, and some is released in redacted form, but they haven't complied with that, which does make you wonder. I was just going to say, is there any sort of uh, learned speculation on your part that would give you any reason to give us an explanation why that might be? Why this delay? Constant delay? Well, the claim is to protect sources and methods, but after 59 years... Now that's a hollow argument, and you wonder whose security they're act, actually protecting at this point. Hmm. Now, uh, your book, you in your book, you talk a lot about how the media played a role in both coverage and miscoverage of the JFK assassination. And here we are, fifty-nine years later, and as you mentioned in the opening here, scant coverage about it, and there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of appetite to revisit this. In the mainstream media, that's true, and it's drifted even in the alternative media. General public is still pretty interested in rural South Carolina. When I speak to a Rotary Club, they're interested. I still get a lot of invitations to speak. Um, Younger generation is fascinated when they hear the story. But at this point, they haven't seen the movie JFK, Mm -hmm. let alone the new documentary that's out uh, that revisits JFK. Mm -hmm. Um, The mainstream media didn't cover it from the outset. uh, And in part, that's because of Cold War cooperation between the CIA and the media Mm -hmm. uh, that went back to World War II. And studies from Senator Church's committee in 1976 
looking at CIA media ties, showed that there were between 400 and 600 reporters that had a relationship with the CIA of one sort or another, CBS, The New York Times, NBC, Time Magazine, all had very close ties with the CIA. And this is during a period of the Cold War where it was seen as patriotic, cooperating with the CIA and the military. And I think that gives us uh, some sense of why the story was covered up at first. Mm -hmm. uh, to, to give you an idea, this, this had reporting saying shots were coming from the front as well as the rear for a few days. When Ruby killed Oswald, uh, J. Edgar Hoover and the acting attorney general Katzenbach issued a memo to the media that the public must be convinced that Oswald was the lone assassin and he didn't have Confederates. And at that point, the reporting pretty well fell into line with a, a lone nut firing three shots from the Texas School Book Depository, mm -hmm. even though we ultimately had 51 witnesses saying shots came from the right front from the Grassy Knoll area. Mm -hmm. And the presidential press conference um, talking about the, the death of the president had two doctors, uh, and Malcolm Perry and Kemp Clark, that talked about shots coming from the front, hitting the president in the temple uh, and in the neck. Mm -hmm. and they were pressured by the FBI and the Secret Service afterward to change their testimony. Um, wow. We find the Secret Service has an awful lot to, to answer for, uh, but the Secret Service made a point of going around to news stations and getting those copies of the press conference, the film copies, uh, so that uh, the public wouldn't see that type of, of film footage. Uh, and when questioned by the Warren Commission, Presidential Commission on the Assassination of President Kennedy, mm -hmm. they claimed that they had lost their files. Uh, we know from the assassination record and review board in 1997 uh, that they did have those files and did release them. And this is somewhat reminiscent of Secret Service somehow destroying their text messages uh, yeah. on January 6th right. before and on the day of January 6th. Uh, there's uh, so much with the media, but a few highlights. Um, that will clarify some of the cooperation. On the day that the Warren report was released, uh, an 888-page report, um, CBS had a two-hour special illustrating the report on the day it was released. Mm -hmm. NBC had a one-hour special. Mm -hmm. What's even more ironic is the 26 volumes of hearings and exhibits that the report was based on weren't released for another two months. And they don't match the 888-page report. That never seemed to be something that the mainstream media wanted to dig into. Mm -hmm. I can speculate as to why. And I can, uh, can go further with uh, some of the maneuvering that would have kept the American public from asking 
a tougher set of questions. Uh, some of, of your listeners probably have heard of the Zabruder film mm-hmm. taken by an amateur photographer in Dealey Plaza during the assassination. Right. And it clearly shows the president's head snapping backward, blood and brains mm-hmm. being thrown behind the president in the presidential limousine trunk and hitting the motorcycle cop behind the presidential car. And we all remember, uh, you know, then First Lady reaching behind the car for remnants of the president's skull, head. Exactly. And that amateur footage was purchased by Time Life. And then they only printed 31 out of over 300 frames. Mm -hmm. And then they described the president as somehow turning to the right, which allows a shooter from the Texas School Book Depository to maybe hit the president in the temple or have an entrance wound in the neck. But as you look at the Zabruder film in slow motion and enhanced, the president doesn't turn to the right. This was deliberately deceptive by Life magazine, even after they bought the film, and they only printed 31 frames of it. Mm -hmm. Time Life's senior editor, C.D. Jackson, worked closely with the CIA at the highest level from 1953 on in psychological warfare. And uh, many prior to me have suggested that's why uh, the public didn't get to see what was on the film. Time Life kept it from the public. Jim Garrison was able to subpoena it. Bootleg copies made their way to the public. And the first time the public actually saw that film footage on the mainstream media was ABC's Good Morning America, a Good Night America, with uh, Geraldo Rivera in 1975. Oh, my gosh. And it led to, and, and ABC was not sure they wanted to show it. Mm-hmm. Geraldo Rivera, to his credit, said, if you don't show it, I'm going to quit. So they showed it, and it led to, again, firestorm of pressure on Congress to reinvestigate the Warren Commission. Mm-hmm. That investigation started in 1977 and went to 1979. An interesting bit of background with that. Actually, let me, let, me put, on- let me put a pin in this real quick because I want to remind everybody who we're talking to. We're on with Professor of Sociology, Coker University's Mal Hyman. Mal joins us. He also authored the book in 2018, Burying the Lead, the Media, and the JFK Assassination. I'll let you continue. Yeah, I... I was able to teach a class on political assassinations. And one of my students said, oh, I know Congressman Richardson Pryor, who was the chair of the House Select Committee on Assassinations. Hmm. This is 1989. And she said, oh, I can set up a meeting with him. And we had a good two-hour discussion wow. at UNC Greensboro. And what's notable, at the end of it, he said, the military destroyed their files on the JFK assassination, and the CIA and the FBI did not cooperate with our investigation. We needed more time. We needed more money. We needed more cooperation. 
and it inspired me to continue looking at media coverage of the assassination. There's 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 some uh, parallels. I, I Thirty years looking at it. Yeah, there, there's some parallels. Uh, are there not? We're looking at the January sixth commission running out of time, running out of money, and we've got a change of the guard in the house, and so these things, as we can see, tend to get swept under the rug. You're right, and within the agencies, they actually have a term for this: a limited hangout, in which they'll give some of the information up to a congressional committee and then wait them out. Mm. Sometimes they won't comply with subpoenas, mm -hmm. as we saw with the January 6th committee. Right. The way they subverted the House Select Committee on Assassinations, in addition to non-cooperation and destroying files, is the CIA li liaison was a fella who worked in the Miami branch uh, of the CIA and he stonewalled or misguided the committee at almost every turn when they started asking questions about the CIA to such an extent that the chief counsel for the House Select Committee on Assassinations, law professor Robert Blakey, declared 10 years after the committee that the CIA lied to his committee and he wouldn't trust anything that they said. He's on the record saying that. Mm. So you're right. These committees get weighted out. Sometimes subpoenas aren't complied with, uh, and sometimes they're misdirected, making it very difficult to have congressional oversight and a system of checks and balances. Way back to the Warren Commission, it is more than ironic that President Johnson appointed Alan Dulles to be a member of the committee, and he had previously headed the CIA. Right. And he was the most active member of the Warren Commission, not letting the commission know many of the uh, actions taken by the CIA at the time. Also serving on the Warren Commission was John McCloy, who worked at the highest levels of psychological warfare with the CIA, they were both appointed by Lyndon Johnson, mm. which has led to all sorts of legitimate questions of conspiracy based on the facts of the case. And if I'm to tie things together, I mean, this has led to why some radio talk show hosts like Alex Jones actually got a following mm -hmm. doing a decent job talking about the conspiracy in the assassination of President Kennedy and Martin Luther King and 9-11. And the irony is he went off the rails yeah. and then started claiming conspiracy with everything. But his followers didn't realize that. Clearly, there's no conspiracy to steal the 2020 election. Or the, the Sandy Hook shooting or anything like that. Right, yeah. I tell you what, I've got to take a quick break. I want to come back because I think you make a valid point that kind of, you know, postures us to talking a little bit about, about the effects of the JFK assassination and the complicity of the media working with the CIA, et cetera, and so on, and distrust in our system of government and the media. Now, we're on with Mal Hyman, professor of sociology from Coker University, authored the book, Bearing the Lead, the Media and the JFK Assassination. We'll have more of him after this on the Ron Show here on the America One Radio app and at AmericaOneRadio.com. 